It's showtime. Welcome to Watch the Buzz. Hello, everybody. I'm Hello. the man, the mad dog, mad dog Scipio. Each and every week, I'm joined by this, this amazing face in the place. They call her the pit bull. I don't know why. Why do they call you the pit bull, Amelia? Because I guess I, I don't know why. Do they? I'm usually I'll, a smiley face. Why, because she's <laughs> fiercely competitive, this woman. Yeah. And she'll bite your face off if you try to come near me. And exactly. There you go. <laughs> we have a hell of a show tonight. Um, one of the things that we love to do here is horror. We just, in case if uh, you missed it a couple of weeks ago, we did an entire night with horror actors and directors. Well, tonight I had to give this man his own show. He's exactly. Been here before he is. Uh, a, I, I could say he's a friend of mine. Can I say that you're my friend? Absolutely, we're friends. Wonderful. His name is Ed Big Ed McKeever. They call him Big Ed because he's not a little guy like me. He is an actor, writer, director, a producer, a, a creator of horror projects, uh, and a Jersey boy at that. One of my people, one of my uh, my comrades from, uh, from New Jersey. Ed is uh, also an incredibly talented and gifted uh, film writer, a script writer, who has a new project right now. We're going to talk about it tonight. It is The Beast Comes at Midnight. And uh, Ed, welcome back to the show. Hello. Thank you both for having me. Hello to everyone out there. It's a, it's a pleasure. It's great to have you back. I have been seeing trailers pop up all over the place for The Beast Comes at Midnight. And um, and it's, it's not surprising it's a great trailer because, look, it comes from your, from your warped mind. You have to be, and we, we established this in the last show. You have to be kind of twisted to be a horror writer. You have to be a little off center, um, or you have 100%. to be from, or you have to be from Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Being from Jersey definitely helps. Yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't hurt to be a little a little twisted once in a while. Um, how do ideas come to you? Well, I'm one of these people that has a pen and paper on me at all times. And like, I could sit there, I'll be driving down the road, I'll hear a song come on the radio, and a million crazy things will go through my head. When I'm laying in bed at night, I think about crazy things, mummies and monsters and demons and vampires. Um, I can take the most innocuous situation and insert something wildly creative into it, and then it becomes its own universe. Uh, it's kind of what I enjoy. I'm like, I'm like this little kid's brain running around in a, in a 46-year-old man's body. And it's just, uh, it's utter upheaval and chaos at all times. Beautifully orchestrated for me here. It, it's, it's, certainly, <laughs> it's, it's certainly an orchestration for sure. Yeah. Um, I've often wondered, you know, one of the people we have is a, a dear friend of our show, is Mark Sotkin. He's a television writer and producer of the Golden Girls, Laverne and Shirley, uh, you know, uh, shows like that. An incredibly successful guy. Yeah, so that gentleman on your lead-in, one of one of your screen grabs at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Mark is an incredibly gifted guy. He's got this mind that goes to that other dimension. You're one of those guys, too, that your mind goes there. I don't know if I'm ever actually here. I don't think I'm actually ever here. I think I'm always there. The physical presence is here with you right now, but the brain is doing about six other things while we talk right now. 
And that's where I want to go. And do you have to be like a duplicitous personality to pull off what you do? Yeah, I think when you write a character and you write people, I think the only way you can be true to it is you have to allow yourself to be that person. You have to allow yourself to be that victim. You have to allow yourself to be that killer. You have to allow yourself to be every the person walking by in the back room, background, the kid walking by with the balloon. You have yeah. to be that person, too, so that you can True. properly frame them in your story. Because if there's no reason for yeah. them to be there, then why are you seeing it in your head? You know what, Ed? You, you know my background. It's, uh, it's professional wrestling and, uh, and, and sport. Um, yes, sir. Mixed martial arts and pro wrestling. And there is, there's always been this kinship between pro wrestling and theater. Theater being television, film, and, and the stage. Um, how do... How does the athlete, how do sports personalities, particularly guys that do MMA and, and wrestling and boxing, how do they translate so well into acting? What is it about sport that translate, that permeates into acting? Well, I don't know if it's all sports. I've seen some football players do pro, pro wrestling and also do movies with mixed results. But I've noticed when you take a, a pro wrestler and insinuate them into some kind of narrative-based piece, they are really great. And the reason why is because all their, their athletes and they're athletic yeah. they, and they have a certain physicality, they also have the ability to entertain. And uh, yeah. they're really big. And sometimes and for the stuff I do, horror movies and action films, yeah. big is great. Yeah, well, you know, you. Um, I think it was. Um, it might have been Hundred Acres of Hell. The, uh, Snitsky was in Gene Snitsky. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Gene was Snitsky, the, the great Samu, Lance Enawahi. Oh my God! Uh, yeah, Enawahi Jr. Yeah, yeah. We had other wrestlers that played mutants in the film. Um, just great guys, great physical presences. I got to thinking about that today. So I want to ask him, uh, and that's the only wrestling you're going to get out of me because we're done with that stuff. Um, okay. Amelia. Yes. This is my friend Ed McKeever. He's all yours for the next hour. <laughs> for the next Hi, hour. <laughs> Hello. It's nice to meet you. Uh, it's I nice noticed... to meet you, and uh, I'm fortunate to speak with you this evening. Thank you very much. Oh, Thank you. Oh, well, you're very welcome, and I, it's a pleasure to have you here as well. I was noticing that you were that you did a lot of movies here in Florida, where I live, at, and uh, you recently were here just a few months, last month or so, I think it was, or uh, last year. In April, and you're not too far from me. I live in Wesley Chapel. Oh, you're not Florida. far from me at all. I'm in the greater no. Tampa area. I live just yeah. outside of Tampa. Yeah. Yeah. So, how was it filming here? Uh, was uh, it, it, was, it was great. I got to tell you, um, when you when you share this video later, feel free to mm -hmm. tag the film commissions, film Florida, film Tampa Bay, film in yeah. Florida, Florida film. Um, yeah, they were great tag. to work with. Yeah, uh -huh. they were really great to work with. Um, they helped us find locations in Plant City. They helped us mm -hmm. with permits. They helped us um, uh, reach out to different people in the industry that we needed for promotional purposes. Mm -hmm. And um, I can't announce it yet. They're going to be instrumental in our first community screening, which is going to mm -hmm. be open to the public. That if anybody follows any of our social media, that's going to be announced within the next week. And awesome. since you live so close, you should come out. You could be Absolutely. our guest. Make sure you have a, a prime seat. Come on out. You really enjoy yourself. I would love that. Thank you so much. I would really appreciate that. Uh, and also, uh, I, 
what was the most difficult person to work with so far that you've ever worked with? Well, that's before? a loaded question. <laughs> difficult to work with? I got to tell you, I, I, here's the funny thing. The the people that are the more named people that I've worked with, you know, Eric Roberts, mm-hmm. Michael Bray, mm-hmm. Gene Snitsky, Samu Inouye, uh Lloyd mm-hmm. Anawahi, uh, who's uh, Samu's brother, also makes a cameo appearance in this film. None mm-hmm. of them were difficult to work with. They were nothing but great to work with. The mm-hmm. people that are actually the most difficult to work with, believe it or not, are some of the individuals that come that are just extras or background mm-hmm. actors, and they have an mm-hmm. air about them that maybe they're a bigger uh, talent or personality they are, and people don't know who they are. Um, mm-hmm. Instead of sometimes being appreciative of the opportunity that they're given, uh, and once again, this is a very, very small circumstance and a very, very small mm-hmm. group of people. Uh, they come there with an air of attitude. And on a set, you're working, you're grabbing lights, you're grabbing fog machines, you're, oh, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're hoisting things around, you're, and it's mm-hmm. constant setup. And sometimes people aren't used to that that high pace, and they think that when you come to a film, everything's catered, and people are going to be doing my nails mm-hmm. and doing my makeup. That's All about right. 2% of it. The other 99% right. percent you're an actor is sitting around. Yes. Well, if you ever need much, extras, I know a few people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Amelia. Go ahead. I, I, uh, I, I said if you um, <laughs> if you need extras, I know a few people that'll be extras in your movie here. If you ever right, come well, back to Florida, for anyone that's watching this right now, if you go to Showtown American Pictures on Facebook mm-hmm. or Instagram or mm-hmm. even our website ShowtownAmericanPictures.com, you can mm-hmm. join our mailing list. When we film The Beast Comes at Midnight, we really were very transparent, and mm-hmm. we said anyone that wants to be involved can be involved. You can be as involved with our film company as you want to be because we're not this huge company. We're not expecting people to jump through hoops. If you're mm-hmm. available, we like to write these scenes where we have extras coming out. It's fun. I wouldn't say it's a party environment, but it's a very friendly, fun, uh, safe, uh, mm-hmm. behind-the-scenes view of what it's like for filmmaking. And I encourage a lot of people took us up on it. So high school students we had out there. Mm-hmm. We had a few families that came out. And the next film that we're doing, we're going to have this huge party sequence a Halloween party. So there's going to be a lot of opportunities for people to dress up like ghouls and goblins and mummies and monsters. Love it. So anyone that's interested in that, please come on out. Oh, and I got a question for you. Uh, for the longest time, uh, Hollywood corporate films were, you know, the, the flavor of the day. And that's all you mm-hmm. saw. Big budget pictures. Now, for some reason, I guess, you know, post-pandemic world that we live in the independent horror film is king of the cinema right now we did a show here uh on what's the buzz not three weeks ago i had four of the hottest independent film directors you know of horror in the country and a couple of actors among these four people were 70 almost 70 films wow among these four directors that's crazy it is but you can crank out a film in two or three weeks well a little more i mean you can crank out a film in one day it all comes down to the quality that you're going to get um there's there's certain uh, work you have to do in pre-production and setting up a film making sure you have your props and your actors and such but you can make a film with a phone in your house a monster can pop out you know and and you can make an engaging piece that you can edit yourself on, on a program on your home computer well, now you're getting into the crux of the question, which is why, particularly the genre of horror, why is it so hot the last like two years, three years? It's been like on fire. 
to the well, point think, where there are horror conventions every weekend somewhere. Yeah, I, th crazy. I think traditionally your independent filmmakers gravitate towards horror because mm -hmm. it's a more inexpensive way of getting into film. And also right. you have people that are from the community that are willing to volunteer their time to do it. You might not get this with a drama or a comedy or um, um, any one of these faith-based films. If people don't feel like they're going to have a good time while they're on set, they might yeah. not be willing to um, give their time freely to do it. Some reason right. you have the people that just love scary movies and will do anything that they can to work on the set of a scary movie. Interesting. Amelia, yeah. have you ever yeah. had a desire to work in a horror movie? Kind of in a way, as long as there's no clowns, but I'll be fine. <laughs> Ed, I have, to, I have to throw Amelia under the bus for a minute. She's got this incredibly, I've never seen anything like it. She's got this phobia, this clown phobia. Uh -huh. So bad. I mean, I tried to show a picture of a clown last week, and she almost walked off the show. Wow. It, I'm so glad it? I didn't wear the shirt I was going to wear today. I was actually going to wear a shirt <laughs> right? that had my friend's picture on it, who's a clown. What is it about the, the whole notion of the characterization of a clown? What is, they're supposed to be happy, friendly. Well, I think there's a psychological thing to it. I think I've actually read this somewhere. I like to read a lot, especially when it has to do with phobias and fear and monsters and everything else. Yeah. I think it's because you don't see what's behind the clown's makeup. Mm. And, um, and and that, that trips some people out because you can't take it at face value. I look at you um, and, I, and I can kind of size you up, especially being from New Jersey. We have a, a, a distinct ability for that. Interesting. We have a thing here that we do now, Ed, the, the we developed this since the last time you were here. We call it show and tell. Yay, show okay, and tell time. Amelia's favorite portion of the show. This yes. is called show and tell. This is, uh, take a look at this. My favorite Edmund Weaver photo. There it is, Matt Rats. <laughs> there we go. Let's talk about these films here. Uh, okay. Of course, you know, A Hundred Acres of Hell is the film you're known for. That's the one that, um, your signature film. Let's talk about some that lesser known films. Um, In some cases, Blood maybe. Lodge. I, I didn't know a lot about Blood Lodge. <laughs> I think the less people know about Blood Lodge, the maybe the better off we'll be. <laughs> okay, so uh, apparently something you want to forget about. What, no, I'm happy, about to, I'm happy to talk about it. It's, it's all part of the journey. Um, it was a film that we co-produced with a couple of other individuals. Um, we had a really cool, we made a movie called Terror at Ten Acres. And it was the first film that we worked on in 2010. And we filmed it at a local hotel in Atlantic City that was called Hotel Ten Acres. So um, a, a gentleman up in Vermont had a, had a lodge called the 10 Acres Lodge. So he just cold reached out to us and said, listen, I've seen your movie. I heard about your movie. If you guys want to make another 10 Acres movie, I have a lodge called the 10 Acres Lodge. So immediately we thought free film location, uh, somebody who's going to give us rooms to stay in while we make a movie. 
on a beautiful mountaintop in Vermont. So me and my writing writing partner at the time, Kevin Oros, just sat down and we started writing out a script and we were like, should it be a slasher? Nah, everybody's doing slashers. And at the time, zombies were really hot. And we're like, oh, we could get locals to play zombies. Let's write a zombie film. And that's how Blood Lodge came about. It was a caravan, literally, of 30 people from New Jersey jumped into various cars, drove up to Vermont. We had a script. We put a casting call on Craigslist that we needed locals, extras, and crew to come out. And we coupled together a group of people to make a 90-minute zombie movie. And Bitter Souls. What's the story behind Bitter Souls? Bitter Souls is the next film that we're going to be doing that's a follow-up to um, The Beast Comes at Midnight. Not a direct sequel, but in the same universe, uh, the same shared Gibsonton experience. Uh, Gibsonton is a carnival town down here in Florida, outside of Tampa, that's very famous for being where the bearded lady and the world's tallest man oh, gosh, and the sure. giants and all these these unique sure, performers. The show characters, yeah. Yes, yes, they all retire. And they have a huge museum there that was kind enough to let us film our movie there uh, called the Independent Showman's Museum. And uh, we want to keep up that flavor, so we designed another movie, and we've already done a werewolf. So now we're going to have voodoo in Gibson's. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have a voodoo priest. And what I love about it, I always wanted to make a movie. I always had fun with, like, Jennifer's body and Carrie. I always loved the idea of the young teenage girl who's tormented, who now comes back with all these extraordinary powers. And essentially, that's what it is. You have a girl. There's a tragic accident. She may or may not have died. There's a voodoo ritual done by a, by a grieving boyfriend, and she just comes back and beats the crap out of everyone. And uh, it's going to be played by a great young actress by the name of Averiana Rose, and she's a, a gymnast, a YouTube sensation, actress and model. And um, she's just she's darling to be around. She's a great actress. She actually tried out for The Beast Comes at Midnight, but the character she tried out for, she looked too similar to our lead, uh, which kind of hurt her chances of getting the, the, the other female part. Yeah. And my favorite <laughs> among this group, Armageddon Edge Ticket to Hell. First of <laughs> all, I love the cover art. I, I love awesome. the cover art for Armageddon Edge. Where did, <laughs> where did this, this, this project, I'll, call, I'll be nice, where did yeah, this well, project we- come from? <laughs> We wanted to do a found footage film because we knew we could do a found footage oh, film cheap. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we came up with an idea. We didn't want it to be like every other one. Some kids go out to the woods, yada, yada, yada. We were yeah. like, what happens if these two guys won the lottery? And that was my cohorts, Kevin and Ryan. They win the lottery and they think they have millions of dollars, but they don't. They won like one of these lotteries where you get like a couple grand a month for life. So they decide to go on a road trip and just, you know, drive around. They buy this old Cadillac. They supposedly have this uh, hero of theirs named Armageddon Ned, who's a late night horror movie host. They invite him to come along. Well, when they go through the woods of South Jersey to document the Jersey Devil, they actually run afoul of like a backwoods cult. And uh, it's pretty much just a found footage movie. These guys running from this cult. And what's fun about it is we incorporated a lot of things like we had friends that were clowns. Sorry. And we incorporated the clowns into it. it. And because anybody could, we had uh, friends that were in a, um, a pirate. There's actually groups of people that dress up like pirates, like cosplay. And they mm-hmm. go to these Ren fairs and stuff. 
So we called them up. We had like 40 pirates on set. They're shooting the fake pirate guns and they're <laughs> running around the woods. And we just made the last 20 minutes of the film, anything we could get our hands on that was just really cool from a visual standpoint, production quality and wrote it into the film. And the film you're known for, of course, and we talked about this on the last episode, A Hundred Acres of Hell. Tell Amelia and those two or three people unfamiliar with Hundred Acres of Hell where this project came from, how it was, because uh, I think it's a fascinating story. Yeah, that, story that, that came from, from pro wrestler and WWE superstar Gene Snitsky. Um, him and my partner, Jason Kerner, were brainstorming and they came up with, well, originally we were going to do a meat hook killer. We were going to do a guy out in the woods who killed people and hung them on meat hooks. But we actually had an interesting piece of property that came our way. And when we looked at it, it was this mountainous area, like an old coal mine. So our character took shape living in that environment. And then we were like, well, how cool would it be if this guy was mad because people trespassed on his land mm -hmm. and he'll wear an elk face and he'll, have, he'll be like huge. And, and since we had a Samu and Oahi, uh, one of the Samoan dynasty, one of the WWE wrestlers, he was the third wild Samoan. He's one of the head shrinkers. Huge, like 6'6", six, six, you know, 350, 306, just a hulking man. I'm a big guy. Sam is a real big, big man. Yeah. And um, we, we, we wrote the character for Sam, knowing how big he was, his physicality, and just strong, relentless. And the fight scene between him and Gene, we just wanted the payoff to be a really just unbelievable fight scene. That's, that's really what the yeah. whole thing boils down to. Amazing. And, and, and Amelia, have you seen this film? I've seen parts of it. I went I was looking at the trailers watch of it. This, watch yeah. the whole movie. Mm -hmm. it, 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 it's a, a barn burner. It's a good one. It, yeah, I'm definitely going to watch it now. And, and yeah. if you don't have time to watch the movie, that one of those oh. like famous YouTube channels where they cut mm -hmm. the movie up into just the kills, kill count or whatever it is, mm -hmm. they actually cut the movie apart to all the kills. And I don't want to ruin it for anybody like that. But if it's mm -hmm. going to get them to watch the movie, watch the kill count. And you're going to oh, see like, watch, the whole, watch thing. the whole thing. I'm going to watch yeah, the whole thing. 24 and 25 of the coolest kills, you know, mm -hmm. uh, for, for a low-budget independent horror film. It's pretty cool. No, I'm definitely going to watch the whole thing. I, it sounds interesting. It is. You, you'll like yeah. it. The I love latest it. film, the film that brings Ed McKeever back mm -hmm. is... The Beast Comes at Midnight, an interesting uh, concept. Uh, I love the uh, trailer. We're going to show the trailer here shortly. Um, before we do that, though, I want to ask you about the project itself. How did you uh, how did you get Eric Roberts? How did you know? Not too shabby, by the way. How did you get Michael Paré? I, I, I got to tell you. My, my partner, great. my partner, Todd Oifer, and I, I hope he's watching or he's going to watch this on the playback. Um, he is an unbelievable producer. Me, I throw ideas out there and I'm like, man, it would be cool if we could get this actor. It'd be cool if we can get this actor. Todd has no concern about, all right, I'm going to jump on the phone. I'm going to call people. And Todd will call and call and call. He'll get on IMDb. He'll start bringing up numbers. He'll get in touch with managers. He'll get in touch with agents. And next mm -hmm. thing you know, he brings these amazing things uh, to fruition. Uh, we were able to get Michael Prey involved in the film. We were able to get Eric Roberts involved in the film. Uh, and just, you know, it just really cool, really fun, and great guys to work with. 
Well, I'll tell you what, the, the two guys, it's amazing. I love how you think, by the way. Because the two guys that, Amelia, will tell you, that I wanted on the show for the longest time, mm-hmm. Michael Perret and Eric Roberts. Yeah. I am a huge Eric Roberts mark. Have been ever since the first one. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, you, how can you not love he and Mickey Rourke together? Okay, please. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing, amazing picture. Um, and, and I got to tell you the stories that that Eric tells when we were on oh set God. and we were hanging out with him, and the who's who of Hollywood and the people that he he is involved with intimately and, and and around all the time and just their discussions and conversations and 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 happenstance and ways that he ran into meeting them and yeah. behind the scenes of all the pictures he's worked on. I mean, just amazing stuff. It's like a, listen to a hundred years of Hollywood stories in a couple yeah. of hours. It's unbelievable. You know what's funny though? He's working more now than he ever has. Yes, I've noticed he's that. He's doing more work now than mm-hmm. he's ever done. Yeah, he's more in demand now than he's mm-hmm. ever been. Yeah, well, and- it was very interesting how we got Eric. Eric um, originally wasn't the ca- wasn't going to be uh, cast as that character. It was going to be Robert Bronzy, the gentleman who looks like Charles Bronson. Uh, but Charles, he was from mm-hmm. Hungary. And what happened was due to COVID, we couldn't get him here in the United States. Um, and we actually had some some political influence of people that were trying to help us get him here. And we still couldn't get Bronzy wow. here. So we actually had to talk with Bronzy. And hopefully we're going to get Bronzy for another film we're working on. And uh, this led us to have to find another individual to play the part. And uh, we came up with Eric Roberts and he was uh, great enough to do it. After we sent him the script, incredible. And uh, and how did Michael Perry become involved in the project? We actually wrote the character in the first draft of the script. It was it was a much different character. Um, he he actually played a, a different character, but the script itself changed as we weren't able to get Bronzy and, and people here, and we were getting right. nervous as we got closer to filming. So we limited the part and we increased the character that Michael was going to play. And we kind of decreased another one of the mm-hmm. characters. So we kind of had two different characters that kind of melded into one character. And I, I'm just saying it because I don't want to give too much of the film away. Yeah. Uh, well, there was a lot of changing because of everything that was going on just before film. Yeah. We're actually going to see a, a clip before we do. Uh, and Amelia, yeah. I'm sorry, but we have we do have to do this commercial. So okay. Just, Close your ears. <laughs> we'll be back in one minute and one second after a word from our sponsor. Awesome. Do you have sweaty bowls or volleyball netty bowls? It's time to make them ready bowls. The Manscaped.com lawnmower 3.0 will do the job and clean your knob with its patented no-nick head so your head will function as desired. Enter promo code Wrestling Future for a generous 20% discount. That's Enter Wrestling Future for a 20% discount. Manscaped.com and Wrestling with the Future going balls to the walls with Manscaped.com and the Lawnmower 3.0. Your balls will thank you. And so will we. I'm sorry, ladies. <laughs> but they've I been with you. We have a lady present, so I won't comment. But I will say one thing. That's an A-class advertising you have there, sir. 
Thank you, my friend. I put that together myself. That's wonderful. <laughs> I heard your voice. If I'm not yeah. mistaken, you did the voiceover, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Um, are are is it are are you not just the voiceover guy? Are you also a client? Uh, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you have to answer that one honestly. I actually now. am a client. I'm not just right. the voiceover guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to take a look now at uh, at the um, much anticipated trailer of the Beast Comes at Midnight, and uh, and I will tell you, it's a good one. Uh, the mm-hmm. fact that uh, I, I liked it so much, I watched it like four times today. Yeah. So uh, we're going to take a look at the uh, the trailer, and then uh, Ed, when we come back, let's talk a little bit. We we won't give mm-hmm. too much away, but let's take a look at this, folks. Yeah. Beast, I'm the last of the Andros bloodline. Come and claim your prize. Not today, Beast. That kid's a weirdo. Look out! What are you doing on the road, Death Note? You trying to get hit? Part of some weird ritual, huh, Doctor Strange? So, you're the Crimson Kid. I'm Mary. Yeah, I know. Here. <laughs> I didn't realize there was so much history in Gibtown. Have you ever crossed the tracks into Gibtown? No, but I've heard there's a bunch of cool stuff over there. Very real, tough. The wolf boy? I need some information. Chasing the studs? A werewolf. That's what your new story is on? The attacks are moving from outside of Fishhawk and into Gibtown. He's becoming stronger. <laughs> People are here being eaten alive, Mary. You're on the tooth very short of me a quarter. The beast is tracking something. I thought it was me. I can sense the beast is coming. There is death in the earth. I came out here to save Tough. It's not Tough. The beast is chasing Mary. Will you just tell me that was your stomach, Mutt? Not even. On my best day. I know you guys think I'm strange. And maybe I am. But maybe. It takes someone strange to fight something strange. I'm with you. this do you think dogs think that we're pets I don't know great question I love it I love that one. That that trailer (laughs) was amazing. Thank you. That was great. The two two guys at the end, uh, clearly they're stoners. I said, Um, Jim's are going to be the first eaten. (laughs) Bad case of the munchies. 
Um, without giving away, because I'm sure there's a story be behind that. Mm -hmm. um, who are those two guys? Because they're great. They're funny. That's, I uh, love it. Kyle Oifer and Dylan Intriago. Mm -hmm. And um, they're two young actors. They did a great job. Dylan has been in some commercials for like Universal Horror Nights, and and uh, he did some stage plays like The Evil Dead, um, and uh, just a really great actor. Um, when he when he came to us and he auditioned, he absolutely knocked it out of the park. He actually wasn't from a visual standpoint. We kind of wanted to be like a chubby, slovenly guy. And um, that's definitely not Dylan. Dylan's a little more in shape than that and, and a little more leading feature look. Um, but he just nailed it so much that uh, we actually kind of changed the character a little, little to better fit him. And his comedic timing is great. So uh, just just so much fun. I love that. Trail. It, it, it reminded me of Dazed and Confused meets, you know, uh, um, the werewolf, you know, or the wolfman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like dazed and confused meets the wolf band. It was funny, poignant, scary. It had it had every kind of element, which I like. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. um, we wanted we, we kind of we wanted to answer the call to when you're a horror fan and you want to watch a scary movie for the first time with your kids. Yeah. And you're like, what should I watch? Should it be The Lost Boys? Should it be Silver Bullet? Should it be uh, the Goonies, should it be, you know, all these these movies are kind of like family friendly somewhere between um, it's contemporary pop culture and horror. Yeah. And we want we're like, no, we want to do something that's that's a little more on the scary side, but that whole family's going to enjoy. Um, and that, that, that's kind of how we came up with The Beast Comes at Midnight. Let, let me ask you a question, Ed. I don't think I've ever asked you this. Um, are you familiar with a film called The Monster Club? I've heard of the Monster Club. I, I, they came out in like the eighties. Yes. 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 Uh, it was a definite. I remember there was Monster Squad, but I think there was a Monster Club that was a rip off of Monster Squad, right? Yeah, Monster Squad is very reminiscent of the Beast Comes at Midnight. Very reminiscent. Monster. Yeah, we hear that. Yeah, Monster no, sorry, Club yeah. was kind of a, a a Monster Squad, you know, knockoff, but. Monster Squad, I guess, because um, I was looking for something comparative that had that feel, and The Beast Comes at Midnight is reminiscent to me of that 80s genre film, which, and I love that. That's a compliment coming from me, because I don't really like the stuff being made today, but if it's got a little humor, a little retro, um, scare me a bit, make me laugh, and make me go, hey, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Like what's going to happen next? <laughs> yeah. Go well, I have to say the, the director, Christopher Jackson, actually sold me on the 80s angle or 90s mm -hmm. film angle um, mm -hmm. that he wanted to go for that. Um, there's a lot of homage in there. There's a lot of things that, that have that tone throughout the sequence of the film. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that they, uh, they were able to impress upon me that maybe that was a better way to go that yeah. originally may I have seen it where it was going to be a much darker piece. I'm glad that you guys went that route. I'll tell you what, because it really was, that was the, the clincher for me. It really was that kind of throwback to a, a better time in filmmaking. 
you know, uh, you seem to be able, and maybe this is just the, the person that you are, but you seem to be able to gravitate toward projects and write projects that have that kind of every every man feel to it. And I enjoy that. I you know I don't like being left out of the movie. I feel like I was included. Yes, exactly from the beginning of it. Like, exactly, yeah. Amelia. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and, and and pick up on that. Right, because it's like as soon as you start watching the movie, it's like we're right there with you watching the movie from the beginning to the end, where you don't lose the the audience. We're exactly. right there. You're gonna be like, oh my gosh, this is what's gonna happen. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Look, look yeah, behind yeah, you. Right. And the way Eric Roberts just turns around the whole circle, it's like he's watching. He's telling them, "I'm watching you mm-hmm. everywhere, so you can't." You're, you know, I'm gonna I watch. Had a very it. good observation. Mm-hmm. Ask, you see ask, that? Ask, ask a couple of questions about that. Yeah, it's like you know the way you had him go around like that. It's like you, he knew that no matter where he was, he was going to watch him everywhere. Was that a part was of that? Was that a or? deliberate thing, Ed, to, to have yes. Eric do that? Yes. And we were trying to build up the anticipation of the audience. You don't know where the werewolf is. You're almost seeing it from the werewolf's point of view. Right. Um, stalking him knew, in right? the way that werewolves do. Almost a little bit like Jaws. You see it from Jaws' point of view while the, while the girl's swimming in the ocean. Yeah. Um, kind of reminiscent of that. Interesting. So I re- go ahead, Amelia. No, you go ahead. I'm you had a question. You now. No, you're on a roll, kid. Go. <laughs> and then where, because uh, like he's like he was the last of the bloodline, and he knew that he was gonna, he had to be the one to to kill him. So he was ready for him, no matter what. So he said, "Come on, you're gonna. I'm right here waiting for you. Come on." So he yeah. was ready for him at, at any angle, and uh, so and with getting the kids involved in. That lady, she was um, telling him, yes, you know, he's here. He's going to be ready for you. And that was a big part, I guess, because she could see and help yeah. them. I guess that was a good thing to have her, you know, be a part yeah. of that. Yeah, there's well, a definite cast of characters that help our kids mm-hmm. all throughout this film. Um, mm-hmm. We have our, our, our main antagonist, who's kind of like mm-hmm. the backwards outsider kid, um, that the rest are the more popular kids in town. And they all have to band together to take on the evil that may or may not be a werewolf in their town. Um, right. Obviously, seeing the, the trailer, you can see there is a werewolf. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but the, the town's not sure. The town thinks that they're these rank. It could be a wild animal, a pack of dogs. Could be anything. Yeah. Um, and that this one kid's like, no, it's it's a werewolf. We definitely have a werewolf here in town. Like, where did the story not. come from? <laughs> uh, the story came from... Um, we actually, when we first moved down here, which is about three years ago, mm-hmm. we went to the Showman's Museum in Gibsonton, Florida. Okay. And we went there and my son and I were walking around and we're looking and they had all this cool sideshow uh, memorabilia and big colorful posters. And being from the Jersey Shore myself, anything that's bright yellow and red and shiny and has musical going to it and it looks like it might be a ride, I'm drawn to like a moth to a flame. Um, <laughs> so my son and I were walking around we saw a banner like 40 feet in the air that said wolf boy, devil boy, uh, devil's child. <laughs> and uh, my son looked at me and goes, Hey, I wonder what the wolf boy's up to today. And then when he said that, we're like, you know what? That's a question we should answer. And then we created the whole concept and the idea uh, of the film itself. Interesting. And the idea of the beast comes at midnight. Obviously midnight, of course, is the witching hour, right? 
Uh, everything in, you know, in a horror film has to happen at midnight. Or really, really late at night. Or at 3 o'clock yeah. in the morning. I, I think it's also one of those keywords, too. When you hear midnight, mm-hmm. it adds validity yeah. to it. If you were oh, like, absolutely. you know, uh, the beast comes at 2.15. Mm-hmm. What was that, Amelia? You were saying something? Like at 3 o'clock in the morning sometimes, too, they call it at that yeah, time. Yeah, the witching hour, for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Always 3 a.m. Why is 3 a.m.? A, a a big thing in movies. What is it about three a.m.? Yeah, that is a weird. Question. I don't know if it's because the moon sets a certain time. I, I guess well, I thought or... we lost Ned for a second. It's like I know. We, I've lost you. <laughs> uh, oh, is it because well, here is I it, am? Is it because the moon sets a certain time or something? I have no idea. I think why the moon's affecting the show tonight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it a full moon coming up? <laughs> no, I hope not. Damn boy. Um. So here's the thing. Um, it's whoop. Uh-oh. There he is. Yeah, I don't know. We're losing Ed. What's what's going on? Can he hear us? Yeah, I don't know what's what I get I can hear I can see Ed. Yeah, I think he's trying to fix and his, his camera. His mic is on. Hey Ed, are you all right with us? Oh Ed. I think he's Froze. There he is. And are you can there? You hear us? Can oh, you hear Ed. us? Can you hear me? No. I can hear you, yes. You can hear me. I can't hear you. Yes. I'm trying to read your lips. I see you nodding, but I can't wow. hear you. Wow. Uh-oh. Amelia, can can he see if he can hear you, Amelia? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I think he's froze again. Oh. Oh, damn. Oh, you might want man. to send him another link if possible. Um, oh, yeah. Um, we lost Ed. Uh-oh. Um, oh, I hope we get him back because he was, he was right in the middle of a great story. Yeah. Um, well, let, we're going to try and get Ed back. Yes. Uh, in the meantime, um, Amelia? Mm-hmm. Tell everybody what's coming up this week. Well, let's see. We have um, tomorrow. We got a full week, don't we? <laughs> coming we up. Yeah, I, we. Have. I had a show last night. I got a show tonight, and we have two more this week. <laughs> yes, we tomorrow do. We're going to be night, very busy this week. Hollywood A-lister Bruce, Bruce Valanche, yes, will be with us. And then and we if have. You don't Bob. know the name. You certainly know his face. His face has graced. Your television and film for a long time, and he is the, an Emmy Award-winning writer of the Academy Awards. Yes, and and he's got a hell of a T-shirt collection. We're going to talk about that tomorrow night. Oh, I can't wait to see that. So, on Thursday night of this week, a double header. We have the Ladies of Country Music, two incredible superstars, yes. Lacey J. Dalton, a Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. and Sylvia Sylvia Hutton. Also, a, uh, a quite an accomplished uh, female vocalist of the year, I believe, for 1989, yes. I believe. 86. 86. Mm-hmm. That was close. Yeah. Um, oh, Ed, where did you go? And um, I believe on the 20th. <laughs> and uh, I believe we have, uh, is it uh, Jeffrey Mark coming back? Jeffrey Mark will be back. Yes, yes. he will. And. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeffrey is a character, man. I'm going to tell you. Yes. 
Jeffrey Mark is. We have fun on him when sure. he's on the show. <laughs> oh my God! Please, Jeffrey is just the. You, you can't help but love no. Jeffrey. Yes. You just you can't help but love him. He's no. just, he's the stories kook. he tells. <laughs> yeah, he's a kook. Yes. You know. We have fun when he's kook. on the show. <laughs> he's a good kook. We, we love yeah. him here. I think we've um, had a good uh, good show this month. We've had good shows this month. Yeah, I mean, I we, so I, far, I, yeah. So far, yeah. Oh, here's yes. Ed. There's Ed. Hey. Hey, I'm so sorry oh, about that. Uh, I, I, we're talking, and then all of a sudden, I could hear nothing. It was just, it was like Charlie Brown's teacher. It was. It was oh my it was, god! It was, mm-hmm. Actually, it wasn't even like Charlie Brown's teacher. I couldn't hear anything. Oh no! So I, I apologize. I'm back. I'm no, sorry about that. Good. No, we don't worry. Telling everybody about what's coming up this week. We've got tomorrow night. A Hollywood A-lister, Bruce Valanche, will be here. Very cool. Bruce Valanche was popular for being on Hollywood Squares, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he is also uh, known as the guy who writes the Academy Awards. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's true. Straight up. Mm -hmm. And uh, two-time Emmy Award winner. And uh, Thursday, we have not one, but two Country Music Hall of Famers, Lacey J. Dalton and Sylvia Hutton will be here. So we've got some credibility uh, uh, as of, of the, well, the last four years was all credibility. It was working Very our nice. way to Ed McKeever level. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey, uh, yes. Brother, yeah, he's are, like, who is that? <laughs> one day, you know, you're going you, you're to be a late bloomer in life, but you're going to be mm-hmm. up there on that stage holding that little man in your hand going, I want to thank the little people that made this possible. Uh-huh. You know, yeah, I am the smallest. I, I'm the smallest of the little people, so I better get thanks first. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold you like this. Hey, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna walk around the stage. I'll come with you. I'll come with you. It's all good. Right? So, we were talking about the guy and Amelia were talking about the beast comes at midnight. Yes, I know you were. Yes, uh, yeah, we were talking about that. And uh, like, where, where did we leave off? I forgot. We were talking yeah. about kind of how it came about, how we were we put everything together, and then mm-hmm. I, I forget you asked another question, but my I got so caught up in the not being able to hear you that uh, oh yes, I yeah I think we were right in the middle of that part yeah. of it uh, where everything came about, and then how you had other people you know helping the kids in the movie, and then how it all wrapped around that, and then uh, when Eric Roberts. And everything, everybody came together. It yeah, the we were talking about the, the deliberate uh, behavior yes. of Eric walking in that that yeah, kind of thing. The so. turnaround yes. scene, and because yeah. uh, I mean, these knew. are questions that are probably more for the director. Maybe you'd want to have mm-hmm. Christopher Jackson on. Sometimes he has a great I would visual love to eye. Have him on. Oh yeah. yeah, he he could tell you. And him and his team, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Darren Murphy and Scott Sullivan with mm-hmm. Cineview Studios, who partnered with us on this project, mm-hmm. um, showed to. Uh, Partnering with Showtown, just yeah. did a phenomenal job. I'll tell you what, I loved images, what I saw. Doctoring so far, the scripts. I'm sorry. I loved what I've seen so far. I really have. Yeah. It was um, a real. It's a team effort. I may have been the one who created it initially, mm-hmm. but a team of people came around us. My partner Todd, my partners Vincent, my partner Drew, all right. the guys from Cineview, my artist Steve Gray. I mean, we had this, 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 this family or group of people that came together and and, and yeah. countless other people from costumers to MUA people yeah. to the actors themselves. 
that Madeline Cimento and Samantha O'Donnell, the two girls that are in that film, are they're going to be really something. Well, you're let's see talk so about that. Ed, that's a great segue. Mm -hmm. uh, you're the uh, creator of this. Um, so, and I'm wondering how much input you had in, in the casting. Uh, and did, did you and, and Chris Jackson look for certain types or were you, were you looking for a certain energy? Well, it was a very interesting, the process of this, because I had to raise funds to make this film. So what I did was just as the producer and creator of the film, I started putting all the assets together. I started, I started putting together um, groups on Facebook and, and, mm -hmm. and ads on different actors groups and started soliciting actors before our director, Chris Jackson, was even on the project. So when wow. he came aboard, he actually kind of re-auditioned all the people that I'd already brought to the table. And uh, for, for a director to do that, uh, it's a very unique thing um, because directors are usually very, ter very territorial on who they want to work with and who they want to pair to a certain part. Yeah. But I think we just nailed the casting so well um, that, that it kind of made it easy to do. That's a hell of a vote of confidence mm -hmm. for, uh, for director Jackson to do that. Um, I mean, either that or you got some major stroke. Well, you wrote the thing. Of course you got major stroke. <laughs> well, we did. We regretfully, we had our, our, our main uh, name lead, who was Bronzy, fall off the project because of the whole COVID yeah. thing. And we had another actress that was actually going to play the lead of the film. Right. Who, because she was going to college and the way it worked out for the scheduling, it didn't yeah. work out to get her here uh, to Florida. So we actually, uh, Chris brought Madeline uh, around because uh, I believe, and I have to let him tell the story. I think his wife is an acting instructor and it was actually a few of her students auditioned for the part and Madeline and another girl both nailed it. And we had to make the decision. It's amazing. The two I girls. Mean, you have a one hell of an energetic young cast. I mean, some of these kids look like they're still in high school mm. you know, and, and may very well be. Yeah. Um, and if they're not, they, they sure look, man, they're young looking. The age ranges, they, they varied from at the time we filmed the film, the youngest being Michael at 14 to Kyle being 21. Uh, wow. Those five kids. Yeah. I look at a film like this and I feel like the grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I hear you. Because Eric Roberts is only two years older than me. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's scary, baby. That's, that's scary. Yeah, you look no. great, brother. I think the Hawaiian shirt does it too. I, I like that. See, I told you. Yeah. <laughs> See, I told you that shirt looked good. I'm telling you, I was torn between classic black today and a Hawaiian shirt or my clown shirt. So I'm glad I didn't wear the clown shirt. But I was about that close to wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Yep. Let me show people something. Take a look at this. Where is that photo? I have a photo here. There it is. Oh, hold on. <laughs> there it is. This is the uh, this is the the McKeever shot that I love. Mm -hmm. Ed looks eerily sinister, mm -hmm. but like a happy psychopath. <laughs> you really must have been, you must have been talking to my wife. She says that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> was this was this picture accidental? Because I have a feeling it was an accident. You know, I think I remember taking that picture. I think it was my birthday. I was like, my 
43rd or 44th birthday. Oh, and right. I think I was just playing with my phone. And I was like, oh, and, and just the way <laughs> the, the, the light that was in the room just caused mm-hmm. the picture to look like that. And I liked it. Yeah. So I made it a profile picture. That's mm-hmm. funny. I'll tell you what. Amelia, any uh, parting questions for Ed McKeever? Have you thought of other movies like for here in Florida? I think it was this one. I don't. I know how you like to go to museums, but I think it's called Howard the Doll or something like that. Not too far from where you oh, guys yes. were. Um, that I forget is, the name of the doll, but it's yeah, down I think in it, the Keys somewhere. Yeah. Um, you, and you, you have to ask the doll's permission to take its picture. Because if yes. you don't, horrible things will happen. Mm-hmm. That would be a good movie to make, probably. Are you me? No, no I'm serious. I am serious because it was on a Ozzy Osbourne episode with his son Jack. They were doing a road trip, really? and he happened to buy one of the dolls. We got to get dolls. that doll on the show. And it was funny, <laughs> and I remember because Ozzy would not have anything to do with that doll on that episode. It was hilarious. Oh, but I think man. that would be a good, pro- a good movie probably to make. And when we sign off tonight, I want you to hang around for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we go anywhere, we um, we want to tell everybody to join us tomorrow night. Yes. Bruce Valanche will be here. He is uh, he is center left Hollywood Square, right next to Whoopi Goldberg. Back in the day, Bruce is an accomplished writer, producer, actor, director, performance artist, and one hell of a T-shirt collector. We're going to talk about his T-shirt collection tomorrow night. Um, Thursday night, Country Music Hall of Famer Lacey J. Dalton, an incredible talent in her own right, is bringing with her um, an, an, an amazing, one of the, the people that makes Amelia crazy. Her name is Sylvia Hutton. <laughs> they just called her Sylvia, but she's an amazing protege. We're going to talk about her introduction, her foray into country music on Thursday night with Lacey J. Dalton. But tonight, Ed McKeever is our guest. Ed, we got a lot to cover, but we got so little time to do it. Tell everybody uh, your social media. We're definitely going to have you back. I want Chris Jackson back here, and I would like to have Eric and uh, and Michael. I would love to do a a roundtable for, you know, because I love this movie, and I want to promote the hell out of it. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I know you're, you're you're up north. Um, but New I, Jersey, yes. yeah, if you were closer, I'd love to invite you out, but we are actually going to be entering into a, a deal. And if I'm not mistaken, you're not far from the Vineland drive-in, right? I'm 20 minutes. Yeah. Okay. There may I'm be a good chance minutes, we're working uh, deals out with several drive-in theaters right now. Actually, a lot of drive-in theaters right now, uh, for our film to co-headline with some other films this summer. Wow. So huh? as that happens, Ooh. if we should touch anywhere in your area, I'll let you know because I'd like to have you out. I think it'd be really cool. Beautiful. Oh, my God. Yes. Let me be a know. good interview. <laughs> or, yeah. yeah. Well, I love doing location interviews. By the mm-hmm. way, speaking of location interviews, um, Amelia is going to be uh, accompanying short, I believe, November. Mm-hmm. She's going to be accompanying Missy Hyatt for uh, an in-person interview. Uh, on location interview, Missy is doing a reenactment, Civil War reenactment in November. Yeah. Um, don't know all the details because they keep that stuff close to the vest. Spec those reenactors, they're man, I tell you what, they're more kayfabe than wrestlers for sure. You know, 
They don't. Missy Hyatt is a wrestler, though, correct? Missy yeah. Hyatt? Yeah. Ballet fact, wrestler. Our, yeah. It's funny, Ed, because we did our very last wrestling interview with Missy Hyatt. Oh, I figured cool. if we're going to go out, we're going out in style. Very mm-hmm. cool. Very cool. Yeah. So we're no longer doing wrestling. We're doing all uh, arts and entertainment now. But you do you do awesome stuff. You do the arts. You do the entertainment. I I, I know you were doing stuff with uh, cryptids and monsters and UFOs. Oh God, and yes. I'm we telling you, I, I think we have oh, the yeah. same. I think we have the same library collection because that that's all my favorite stuff to read. Yeah, oh, fact, Angelo, uh, I got a request. I, also, they want to do Christ stories. I have to hook you up. I want to talk to you. After after we're off the air, because there's a guy I want to hook you up with, um, okay. and I'm going to ask uh, Amelia, and she knows who mm-hmm. I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But tell everybody your social, all that, uh, all that fun stuff. Where sure. The, the easiest way to find us: all of our movies have their own social media component. But where you can get all the information on everything that we're doing, just look for Showtown American Pictures. Um, Showtown American Pictures on Instagram or Facebook or ShowtownAmericanPictures.com You can sign up for our mailing list We're going to make all the announcements of where we're going to be screening the film uh, When we're going to be screening the film We're going to have a free open to the public event in uh, Tampa Coming up very soon I can't announce it yet Because we're still waiting to sign that um, Just really amazing stuff Very interactive for people to be involved we're going to be at theaters all around the country at drive-ins and everything else. Also offering other films from independent filmmakers on those same screens. So we're really, really took and do really cool stuff. Me and my partner, Todd Oifer, and our other partners are very engaged to just make great entertainment happen. Fantastic. Fantastic. I am so stoked about this movie. Um, I, I want to be one of the first people to see the full feature. I haven't seen it yet, just the trailer. But that was enough to suck me in, and that's what yes, the trailer should too. be. Absolutely. Amelia, yes. tell everybody where they can reach you and uh, and how they can get a hold of you on social media, all okay. that fun stuff. Yes, we have uh, the What's the Buzz uh, podcast off of Instagram or Amelia Valero Chapman on Facebook or aachap 70 at Gmail. Uh, dot com and uh, that way you can let me know what kind of shows you want to see here on our podcast and as a matter of yes. fact I did get a request off of actually where I work at a lady recognized my voice she says I know that voice and I did tell her she goes you're a podcast I said yes I do she said she'd like to see crime stories actually we have a a real life detective coming on mm-hmm. and we're doing an episode called crime and punishment with a real New Jersey police detective, still active mm-hmm. too, by the way. Oh and, wow! Uh, yeah, and we're going, and that show is being uh, formulated now. Mm-hmm. We have to make sure that he doesn't violate any uh, rules of the department. Um, otherwise, we'll have to get a retired detective. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As I said he's still on duty. Uh, mm-hmm. Still, I mean, still active. Right. Um. And for myself, I'm Mad Dog DeCipio. I am the uh, the face and the voice behind this craziness. Uh, you can reach me at WrestlingWithTheFuture at gmail.com. And on Facebook at What's the Buzz. Uh, we have not one but two groups on Facebook, What's the Buzz. Of course, Wrestling With The Future is always there. You can find us on Vimeo, YouTube, uh, Instagram, TikTok. Um, let's see. Uh, um, uh, Stitchers, uh, Spotify. Um, uh, Spreaker, I think it's called Spreaker. Uh, we're we're on two hundred and four platforms 
internationally. We're on an incredible uh, three television stations right now, all international, two in the UK, one in Canada, Skynet in Canada, BBC Two and BBC Four in England. Thank mm-hmm. you, Robert Whitaker, for that. And uh, we are just we're we're trying to do what we can do to hit the masses. Luckily, knock wood. Thank you, good. I have to be careful. Is somebody offended that I said God on the program. You believe in that? I have to say thank it's goodness crazy. now. I can't it's, say it's, thank God. It's a, it's a different world anymore. I, I don't, I don't quite recognize God, it got sometimes. Well, you know what? I don't care anymore. It's, you know, thank God. Okay? There you go. There you go. So, um, yeah, because we, we actually have a show here, Ed, called uh, Having Coffee with the King. Uh, it's a, a spiritual-based program hosted by, you'll love this, by a guy that was known as America's TV Elvis. He is an actor, a songwriter, a singer-songwriter, and he was doing Elvis when Elvis was still alive. In fact, he did the, uh, the voice of Elvis on Happy Days. He really? Elvis mm-hmm. on Charles in Charge. Pete Wilcox is his oh, name. Oh, okay. Check Very that cool. out. I will. Mm-hmm. He, is, he is one of our, our main guys here at the, at the, at the uh, network. And we are, we are a real network now. I can't believe it, but we're a real network. Yay. <laughs> WWTF Radio. That's who we are. It's crazy, but yep, we're That's here. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we're going to make sure to share Russell everything on our social medias as well. So we're going to help amplify your message. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Well, look, Thank you. I got a big mouth. I want everybody to hear me. <laughs> for Amelia Valerio Chapman, for Igen Nakiver, I'm... Angelo, Mad Dog, the Scipio. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.